Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. Yeah, just uh, getting ready for the weekend. Normally, we record on a Wednesdays, but we're recording on a Friday, and it's kind of nice, because it's like, after so this... Extra yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, do you have a schedule today after this, or is this this it for you? Uh, I'm gonna go see the movie Nope, the new Jordan Peele movie. Ah, yeah, yeah, this must be really good. Yeah, they didn't do a press screening for that movie, so I have to go watch it huh. like a normie in the movie theater. But that's okay. Is that a is that a, a usual thing that they do? Is not do a press screening? Uh, no, it's not usual, because normally studios are like, we like press for these things, and we want people to talk about them and give a good buzz, so. But there are, like, the movies where you can tell they're, like, they, they get the impression they don't need it, and I think that can kind of backfire uh, on them. They'll, like, they'll be like, we don't need this, and then the movie underperforms, and it's like, I think you probably did. I think it'll so still it do could... well. Okay. Yeah. I still feel like Nope will do well, regardless of it mm-hmm. get not getting a lot of critic reviews, but still, I always do kind of find it when they're like, we aren't doing a press screening for this. And then it's like, you probably should have probably would have helped you out mm. a little bit. So, so they do it when, when either they think it's going to bomb or when it doesn't need it. It sounds like, Oh, if they think it's going to bomb, they also won't screen it then either. I, I've, I've uh-huh. had that happen before. Like, I think there was a movie like Tom and Jerry or something like that. It was that new Tom and Jerry movie, and I was like, oh, is, really? there, is there a press screen for this? Like, oh, no. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> that tells me all I need to know about the new Tom and Jerry movie. Oh. Yeah. Most most movies they, they will screen for. And a lot of studios, to be fair, are really good for screening pretty much everything. Because, you know, even if a well, movie yeah. is not particularly well received by one person, it's always that idea that it's being talked about. It's in the conversation. Right. And, you know, people may hear a complaint and go, well, that's not, that wouldn't bother me, and they'll still go see the movie. So mm-hmm. I, I'm of the belief that even a negative review could still get some people in the seats, depending on so the you, movie so and the person. So You're on board with the, there's no such thing as bad publicity. No, no. Idea. I mean, <laughs> and I've even had people who've been like, I listened to your review, and I thought this movie would be awful, and I just wanted to check it out for myself. And I'm like, well, you still paid money mm-hmm. to go see that movie, so... Mm-hmm. I don't think the the studios are gonna mind if you go see your, their movie, regardless of your intent to watch it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Oh, we uh, have to talk about weather. What's the weather like? Uh, it's cloudy today, and it's sixty two Fahrenheit. So that's like what? Look at you just converting all over the place. Yeah, it's like around like sixteen Fahr- or Celsius. Yeah, it's okay. Ah. It's not like too too uh too wet or anything it's just in the middle which is fine it's kind of where i like it too like i kind of like it when it's like this where it's not too hot it's not Mm -hmm. wet like i'm okay with overcast some people don't like overcast overcast is where i Mm -hmm. thrive because i'm like this is perfectly just middle of the road Mm -hmm. so how's the weather you don't feel like you have to do something um when it's nice out so it's it's 91, which usually that means it feels like it's over 100 degrees here. So we're in right. the summer of Florida, and this is one of our hottest summers. So, And the thing is, too, is when it's overcast, I find it's easy to just bring a rain jacket just in case it does rain. Mm-hmm. Like, at least, I yeah, feel like... Easy to press for, yeah. 
Overcast sets better expectations. Sometimes when it's sunny and then you go out and it starts raining, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't prepare for this. But right. when it's overcast, you're always like, yeah. you're like, just bring mm -hmm. it with you, just in case. Just in case. Yeah. And really, what's a jacket? It's lightweight. You can carry it with you. You're fine. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, we're here to talk about Gamble Girls, and boy, oh boy, we're um, almost near the end of our journey. Yay! Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. How are you feeling now that we're on a home stretch? I'm, I'm feeling like the season's like kind of picking up and I know you warned me. Yeah. So I, I always appreciate that. <laughs> so, and I, the horribleness of it has come to pass. Oh, go ahead. I feel like it is getting better. Yeah. I think for me, like I was thinking about this cause like I didn't quite quantify it in a way, but like I was trying to think like, what parts of season seven do I not like? And then I was doing the math in my head and it was mostly stuff to do with Christopher. And that's been mm -hmm. resolved. So yeah, I think like the right. first half of season seven is not great, but near the second half, like I don't want to say it's as good as like season four or season three or two or one, mm -hmm. but cause I think those first four seasons are just like nearly perfect TV. Um, right. But it it's, it's getting a little better. It's probably closer to like season six material, if we're being honest. But yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, season seven, episode seventeen, Gilmore Girls only. And this was actually probably, in my my opinion, one of my better, one of the better episodes of the season, just because mm -hmm. it's a relatively simple concept. You're just putting the three Gilmore Girls together, and you know, you got a little bit of drama with the fact that they're going to um, visit uh, the owner of the inn. Um, now, tell me, why did Emily go other than to start drama? What? Why did? Why did she go on this road trip? I can't remember. Because um, they're all irritated with their significant other. Yeah, I think Emily just invited herself because she wanted to get away from Richard. I think that was what it was. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, like yeah. And you know what? It's like, you know what? Fine. Let, let, you know, I I can think of worse plot reasons to stick Emily in a car to go to a wedding. So. Right. right. Um, but yeah, Lorelai's planning a trip to North Carolina to attend the wedding of uh, Mia, the woman that uh, helped like Lorelai get back on her feet after she moved out from living with her parents. She was 16 or 17. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's played uh, by a different actress. I have Kathy Baker playing Mia. Well, Mia earlier was played by another person. Oh, really? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Kathy Baker was on Picket Fences and. Uh, um, oh yeah, because I think Elizabeth Public. She won three Emmys. Yeah. Elizabeth mm -hmm. Franz played her in um, the first. In, uh, in that one. Yeah. Okay. Interesting, because I didn't notice that, but I guess a testament to the recasting that. It worked pretty well, so. Yeah, same haircut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's interesting. Same haircut, even they were probably like, looking at photos like, "Can we replicate this? Can we make this happen again?" Right, right. Um, but yeah, Rory has a fight with Logan over how he responded to his business disaster, which, honestly, I think is probably the appropriate response to that because mm -hmm. I don't think he handled that well personally. But that's just me. But. No. And one one of the few times I actually agree with his dad. Yeah. That he put him in a lurch, you know, and that 
that they're waiting for him because this is a big boo-boo. Yeah. And, you know, he's just kind of going off to Vegas, which, you know, I don't want to imply anything about going to Vegas because I think going to Vegas is fine. But the problem is more so to do with the fact that, yeah, he's he's scurrying around this responsibility that he should have been dealing with. Right. Which we've been seeing before that he's got an entitlement thing yeah. going. Like, he... He's, this might be a good time to kind of discuss Logan as a whole, but, like, I feel like he acts in a way where he wants to not be of that life that, like, he was born born into, but then at the same time, he kind of dives headfirst into it. So, he's kind Very of a contradictory... Very interesting parallel. Yeah. Interesting yeah. parallel with Lorelai. Yeah. He really hasn't wanted to be part of that life and has not been part of that life. Yeah. Yeah, like... He seemingly just doesn't like he's he's like he fights it, but then he also kind of dives headfirst into it. Whereas That's like mm-hmm. Lorelai, like she'll do it, but very begrudgingly and very seldom. Right. So. Right. But the majority of people she hangs out with are not from that socio stratus. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Socio stratus. Um. So yeah. Uh, Rory agrees to go along with Lorelai and then Emily invites herself because she wants to get away from Richard because he's driving her crazy while he recovers at home. And uh, yeah, all three of them go to the wedding and uh, Emily at first is being typical Emily. She's not quite comfortable with the relationship that Mia has with uh, Lorelai and Rory. Uh, But Lorelai kind of um actually like Lorelai finds out that Emily actually went to ask Mia for pictures mm-hmm. of Lorelai and Rory uh, from right. when they were estranged because Emily just doesn't have these photos mm-hmm. and I think you can tell right. that Lorelai starts to kind of understand a bit more of why Emily is so upset mm-hmm. right um, Logan shows up which was kind of random and asks Rory to forgive him uh, which she and, seemed... and Rory calls him out yeah mm-hmm. Well, I think things end on a relatively good note for them, but yeah, he does, like, you could tell they're, they're starting to mend the fence, but yeah, she she definitely does call them out for their, for the beginning. For those grand gestures, and like I've said before, grand gestures are a red flag. Yeah. That's not a, that's not something we should normalize. Yeah. Also, too, like, so you do get to her. eventually see Mia and Emily bond a little bit. They're getting along and yeah. just kind of chatting a bit there, so that was good to see. And Mia gives her credit and says, oh, well, you know Rory, basically, you know Rory much better than I do. You know, which I think Emily needed to hear that. Yeah. And Emily's also into winning. Um, yeah. And I think that that was, you know, Mia was kind of throwing her a win. There. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She was basically like, yeah, you, uh, you know, you're the, like, you know, yeah, she was kind of basically putting Emily first before herself, which, mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, sure. She didn't have to do that, but it was nice that she did because I think it just made. I th- yeah, yeah. It worked. That it it made Emily feel better, and you could tell she was like a lot happier about it. So. Mm. Um. Yeah, and then uh, Lane and Zach ask Luke to be the godfather of their twins, and uh, Lane eventually goes into labor. So and now, Luke... why not Brian? Didn't it seem random that it was Luke? I could see Luke being more responsible than Brian. Because oh, I think there's been a yeah. few scenes where they're like, Brian doesn't, like, 
like there's some things that Brian just doesn't do, so maybe they chose him because of the responsibility yeah. thing. Okay. That yeah. was I did kind of wonder that too, but that was kind of where I landed on was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Uh. Doesn't right. seem like Lena's been pregnant for like a year. It seemed like based on how many episodes she's been pregnant, it's been longer than nine months. I would. You've seen some seasons change. <laughs> you know, like well, it does seem two. like the show, generally speaking, generally skips over summer, and then just kind of shows us fall, winter, spring. Mm -hmm. Because I've noticed usually the seasons will end in like around June, and then pick up and around in the show's time in September. So which fits with which fits with when shows you stand and start. Yeah, which makes sense in a way because it parallels and like there was that synergy where you know if you have a Christmas episode during Christmas like stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. so in that sense like I guess it's been 9 months. But but just like 3 episodes ago, Lane looked like she was in her third trimester. Yeah. I mean, she was big. I mean, I know she's having twins. Yeah. But still, that was big for twins back then. So I'm like, is she like 12 months pregnant at this point? Yeah. It did seem a little weird, but... Mm -hmm. I was willing to let it slide because in my mind I'm like, okay. Like, I... It does seem a little weird, but... I, I do but think mostly it lines up, but yeah, I think the timeline of the show mm -hmm. can be a little wonky sometimes. Wonky, yeah. yeah. Because it seems like like there can be months apart between episodes, and then there's some where it's days, and then sometimes it's week between episodes. Right. Like, I don't know. Someone should actually like chart this on a proper timeline. Someone needs to do the math I on this. Someone has, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Someone has to have like someone you know is like just in the back of their mind like. How long has it been between these two episodes? So, mm -hmm. okay, uh, let's get to our favorite and least favorite performance. Who is your favorite performance in this episode? My favorite, I think Emily, because I think she was in the prime of her crabbiness. Um, and, yes. And least, I would say Mia. I I felt that there was a disconnect between the Mia that I remembered, and I like Kathy Baker as an actress, but I felt like there's a disconnect between Mia then and. Mia now. I felt like the Mia of the previous seasons was quieter but m more subdued but still powerful and I felt like uh, this Mia was more like she said to the husband, she made a couple of comments to the husband I thought were a little off like mm. oh well let's dance and see if we really want this to work out and I'm thinking yeah that's funny somehow but also it's like ew <laughs> yeah um, I know like it depends on if you have that kind of relationship where you're joking but she also said something else that I was like do you really want to marry this guy yeah, so. it didn't, didn't seem like she was entirely sold on this whole marriage. Which no, like, seems no. a little, little late to be having doubts, but right. So okay. Um, your best and worst. Favorite. Um, I, I yeah, I'll say Emily as well. Uh, I think she like either her or Laura Live. Actually, all three of them were actually pretty great. Like, the core three. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of funny because we think of Gilmore Girls as Lorelai and Rory. But I think, like, episodes like this I... kind of remind me, in particular, that, like, Emily's kind of, like, in the Gilmore Girls, too, right? Like, 
I don't know. We we don't think about that sometimes, but yeah, like when you get the three of them together like this, it's like, oh yeah, that's three generations of Gilmore Girls. So right. So, uh, yeah, I'll say three way tie because I thought all three of them were great, and then uh, I'll also go with least favorite Logan because yeah, Logan just oh yeah. Gonna <sighs> green on you. Yeah, and I just I don't know. I think there's a certain point where the show just gives up on trying to, like, make these characters decent. So. Well, it's like they put all their effort into Luke and his character development. And it's like, well, here's a little sprinkle of character development for you. <laughs> it's like, you only yeah. have so much to go around, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what was your favorite uh, reference from this episode? Uh, the music that Emily's playing when they're in the car um, and she starts playing some music and, and the other girls are like, ugh. That's music from the, the musical Oklahoma. And if you watch Euphoria uh, with Zendaya, that there's also a reference to Oklahoma. A pretty big reference to Oklahoma in that show, too. So. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... Uh... Well, they make a reference to the movie The Pursuit of Happiness. They're watching that at the end. And I, I like that, too, because you find out that uh, Emily likes Will Smith, which I thought was great. Just and like I the, thought that the the comments about him, like, age like milk. Like, the, the one yeah. about, like, how classy he is and how, you know. Okay, yeah. Like, he, he slaps Chris Rock at the Oscars. Yeah, so that, was that was interesting. a little bit questionable on my part. I was I was thinking that, too. I was like... Okay, I'm not fully convinced on that, but you know what? You do you, Emily. Um, but, but it really it really shows you like how long he's been in the industry too, by the fact that here's Gilmore Girls talking about him, and he'd already was in the the showbiz industry for like 15, 20 years at that point. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I also like that they make fun of the fact that the. Um, uh, that the the title of that movie is misspelled. I did like that. Right. Because it is. It, it it's H P P I N E S S. Yeah, and in, in the movie it's Y. I think it's going to do with like a, something that one of his kid wrote. I think it's based on a true story too. Wonder. Yeah. So I did find that fun, kind of funny and cute, where it's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so. Right, Emily's going to point that out. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what was your favorite quote from this episode? It's all going to that dark, strange body of yours. <laughs> yeah. I usually, you know, any body reference, I usually kind of get bristly about because um, it has to do with weight or something like that. But I just thought that was funny that, you know, he's being, that uh, Kirk's being picky about the food and that Lean would, you know, set a trough of his fries between what his burger and his pickle or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was very particular about that. He's like, the pickles yeah, and the fries yeah, do and not it, touch. Luke's, yeah, Luke's like, it's all going, it's all going that dark, strange body of yours. Like, it's all going the same place. And the look on Kirk's face where he just kind of resigns himself to the fact of, okay. <laughs> like, he's not happy about it, but he agrees. And he goes out and eats. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So what was yours? Uh, Logan says, I screwed up. I admit it. What do you people want? A freaking pound of flesh. So. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. 
You could tell he was like getting a little exacerbated, which I kind of liked. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I I like that a little bit, even though the back of my mind, I'm like, it's Logan. I don't really care about him that much, right. but I did like that. Like it was a little bit of him just getting a little bit frustrated and lashing out, but it was a little bit of character mm-hmm. for him. So I I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the quote was actually, um, "It's all going inside that dark, strange body of yours," which is a little different. But yeah. Like more more or less the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um Okay. Let's see. Uh we've got uh behind the scenes trivia for this episode. Let's see what we got. I'm sure there's a few little tidbits here. Um well obviously they recast the uh, actress that plays uh Maya or Mia. Um. Uh, oh, Zach tells Luke that it's obvious that Luke used to play baseball when in reality Scott Patterson, the actor who plays Luke, did play minor league baseball for eight years before he decided to move mm-hmm. to, on to acting. Um, oh, little callback to season two or three. I think it might be two. But uh, Mia's house that we see is the same set as Kyle's house that we saw that's what I thought. Yeah. So. And when I was watching, I actually said to Michael, I go, this is one of those times in a show where the inside of the house does not match the outside. Yeah, it's it's Kyle's house. Yeah. Change <laughs> <Asian> the color. <laughs> I just wanted Kyle to show up and just be like, please don't break the vase like, or something. Yeah. Who are these people? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh. Uh. Oh, um, Rory brings, uh, Logan a piece of, or she, she goes to talk to Logan. She's got like a piece of cake in her hand. He says, you didn't have to bring me cake. And she says, I didn't, uh, this, uh, mirrors some dialogue from season five, episode seven, uh, when Logan came to sit with Rory and he was carrying a plate of food and she said, thanks, I've eaten. And then he said, good, this is for me. So the roles have turned a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was he just kidding? I can't remember that. Maybe, yeah. Oh, here we go. Lorelai teases that Emily has a thing for Will Smith. In reality, Kelly Bishop was in the movie Six Degrees of Separation with Will Smith. Oh, really? Yep. Huh. So. They were... He's been in some classic movies. Yeah, Kelly Bishop just kind of is one of those actresses that she just pops up in things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to see, it looks like, uh, Kelly Bishop wasn't like the most highest billion in that movie, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be. Okay. Um, any mental health observations from this episode? I think when Rory was saying, well, I don't think I can go because, you know, there's all this stuff going on with Logan and this, this, and this, that she showed some codependence, I think. All the reasons she listed for staying at home are exactly why she needed to go on the trip. Mm. That you had Logan not taking responsibility for things. He was going to Las Vegas. He was, you know, getting drunk. Those are the exact reasons why she needed to just take a break from him. So she was possibly enabling the behavior, and then she turned it around by saying, you know what, I actually kind of agree with your dad. You're getting out of control. Mm -hmm. So we saw a change of her going into that the thing of you know, and Lorelai for some reason against character endorses it 
Yeah. You know, she's like, yeah, I understand. I totally understand. And I'm like, really? You do? Mm. So, but that's what you're really careful of. When someone's going down the drain, you can't fix them. Yeah. And sometimes if they are putting it on you, making you feel responsible, you go, nope, this is your thing. Mm. And you need to figure it out. I can support you, but I'm not going to fix it. Yeah. And I'm not going to cover it for you. Mm-hmm. Now, if Rory had called his office and said oh hey here's logan and give him the phone that would have been very codependent so the fact she didn't like you know touch any of that stuff is good but yeah the fact she was going to stay home because of it no so um so that was good they showed some character development with that um and uh, and mitchum for the first time making sense and setting some limits and going you know what you did this thing you have to take responsibility for it and he's right yeah maybe not in the most most uh you know gentle way but i don't know if that works with logan yeah i think he's kind of like been a little bit harsh with logan but i think he probably understands more than anybody else that you have to do that sometimes and it might also be that he's realizing that he did a disservice to logan by enabling him Mm -hmm. uh, mitchum enabling him or just not keeping track of him or just letting him kind of do his own thing so because i mean we're not just talking about mitchum's money we're talking about you know investors yeah and not and then logan not doing his due diligence to see how many lawsuits the company had so yeah you know he needs to answer for that um and he was being highly irresponsible so yeah also i thought it was interesting that when luke goes over for dinner at lane and zach's house um lane and zach talk about you know how important he is to them and his thought is well do you guys need money and it kind of echoes uh Reminds me, there's a scene in The Sopranos where Tony Soprano visits his parents' gravestones, mm. and he sees his dad's girlfriend, and she says, "Oh yeah, your dad was so proud of you. He told me if I never need anything to talk to you." And Tony Soprano goes, "Well, what do you need?" And she goes, "Well, nothing." And I think it's the same kind of thing of they're both so used to people ingratiating themselves to get something from them yeah. that. Luke's first reaction is, well, what do you, do you need money? Yeah. And, and I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty rough, right? That you are in the, in the situation where you've had so many people do that to you, that that's your first reaction. And if we think about, you know, overall, that has happened to Luke, especially I think with his sister. Well, Luke can give and give and then gets upset about it when the person doesn't fulfill what they said they're going to do oh go ahead it's interesting you mentioned that because i took that as like they are you know relatively young couple you know i don't know what their mm-hmm. income situation is like but it seemed like like is zach working like i thought he was working at the music shop he's working the diner yeah i thought he was too or maybe he's doing gigs at the same time but yeah but like it sounds like he is doing more diner stuff maybe to be close to home yeah. Towards the end of the pregnancy. Also, it seemed like he was doing it to, like, keep that income or something. So I'm like, I don't know. Is he working the two jobs? Like, how much does that pay? So I don't know. I took it to as him saying something like, we're basically just, uh, you know, like, hey, do you need some help kind of deal? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think he was a little bit, like, off-putting with how he worded it. But I did think he was, like, right. I, it was him just being like, oh, like I, maybe you might need some help financially speaking, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but 
thing. Which he's given money to Lorelai. He's given money to his sister, I think. Yeah. I think there's some other people, too. Yeah. Like, I get the impression he's fine with giving money to people, but... Yeah. Mm -hmm. They could have fleshed that out more, I think. They could have maybe elaborated more on why he was saying that. And I, I like that there is a second where you weren't sure if that was why, yeah. too, because, you know, they had a little pause in there mm -hmm. before they were like, we want you to be the godparent. Yeah. All right. I think it's time to rate this episode. What are you thinking for a score? I think probably a seven. I thought this is one of the better episodes of season seven. What do you think? A seven for season seven? Mm-hmm. Or, like, for this episode. Oh, a yeah. seven for episode seven of season seven. Yeah, I just thought, I, I just heard a lot of sevens there. So I was like, I was like, oh. That was a good number. Um, yeah, I think, like, because this episode focused on, like, arguably the, the most interesting and, I guess, complex relationship, which is that three-way way relationship between Emily, Lorelai, and Rory. Like, you can't really ever have a bad episode when you focus on those three. And even though I think these writers weren't able to, like, get to the deep layers that Amy Sherman Palladino would be able to get to, I think it was still an easy win for them because you still just get what you like about the show, which is the three of them interacting. Right. Um, right. Yeah, so yeah, I would I would give this I'll give it like an eight. I'll be a little generous. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of the better episodes of season seven. So mm -hmm. And we have what, six more to go? Yeah. Uh five. Cause yeah, it's twenty two episodes in total. Wow. So eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, five more episodes. So home stretch. Yay. Awesome. Well, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com where you can pre-order her new book. Or actually, no, because by the time this is out, you can actually just buy it because it'll be available for you sale. You buy it, yeah. Yeah, Healing it's from Toxic It's at and Amazon and, or go to your local bookseller. Perfect. And uh, I'm over at 3 where almost every other day we've got new content going up, so check that out. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye.